And welcome back to another episode of Talking With Experts podcast with your host, Chris Cowden, the expert whisperer. Ryan Cantor from Thrive joins me today to talk heavily about product market fit, managing customer engagement expectations for a SaaS company, and also provide some hints and some cool concepts that you can use to grow and scale your products as a SaaS company. Thrive has a growing customer engagement of 30%. It's a profitable $200 million annual recurring revenue SaaS company that has been running for six years with a 26% year-over-year growth. So Ryan is completely the right expert to talk about product management with you, and he's going to help you improve your product game. So thank you, Ryan. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Chris. First, thanks for having me on. Uh, so Ryan Kenner, uh, Chief Product Officer at Thrive. Uh, our SaaS platform is about six years old. Uh, we have about 50,000 subscribers now and growing, publicly traded company, uh, you know, north of $200 million of ARR in six years. We're really excited about that. And um, you know, we have tens of thousands of small businesses using our platform every day to run a more efficient end-to-end business. So everything in one shop from a scheduling to CRM to documents, payments, invoices, estimates, online presence, website, listings, you know, social media, you name it. Um, but really trying to help small businesses who uh, obviously did not get in business to buy software, right? They got, uh, <laughs> right, right. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe some SaaS companies wish they had, but that's not usually what small businesses are trying to do. And we specifically focus with service, uh, service-based small businesses. So think of the trades, home services, uh, health and wellness, legal. Uh, so think of, I'm not selling widgets with inventory. I don't need a, a POS system. I really okay. need a robust kind of customer relationship management and what we call customer experience platforms. So uh, that's our specialty. And um, interestingly, you know, Thrive, the company has been around for more than a hundred years. Uh, we, we actually started off uh, selling the yellow pages. Um, and so that's still a, oh. uh, that is still a very big but declining part of our business, but we have relationships with more than 400,000 businesses worldwide. And uh, Joe Walsh, our CEO and the leadership team uh, who joined the company uh, about almost eight years now, uh, when they joined the company said, it's time to go solve a new problem. And we had all these relationships. And so off we went uh, with our new SaaS platform that we call Thrive. Jeez. And I know you mentioned in your, it, it's a really cool, it's a really cool platform because uh, from previously working at AppSumo and very recently, they're a marketplace that sells software to small business owners or individual creators. And people can buy tools there to start their business or grow at scale. But Thrive completely changes the game because you're creating the products for those for those solutions instead of people buying software for different things and just losing maybe track or uh, just getting confused with what kind of tools they need to use for a specific solution you create it all for that small business and i love that but how do you how do you or how did you because i know you mentioned in your notes that for for some time you were struggling as a as a small business and then all of a sudden you had a, a huge amount of success. What was that transition like? And why do you think yeah. you're struggling? Sure. So, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, so I oversee product and engineering. And I think er, early early on, uh, 
our company, you know, as we went through a, a transformation ourselves, right, from really traditionally selling kind of analog solutions. And, and we did sell websites and we sold um, some digital products, but really transitioning to a SaaS platform where small businesses were using it every day uh, really forced us to, to gain a deeper understanding and, and build a stronger relationship with small business owners. Uh, we need to understand their workflow, uh, not just, oh, we have invoices, all the little nuance of split payments and uh, taxation and discounts and how they want discounts and you know all these yep. little nuances and how should those flow to your accounting apps and all those types of, of, of details. And so uh, that I think early on uh, was, was a really important lesson for us. And I think um, the other thing that I would tell you is that I think early on, we didn't know exactly who we should sell. We were like, everyone needs this. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that, that was, you know, it's nice to say out loud. I think, you know, uh, we were able to really understand you know, service-based businesses. And, and, you know, even I would tell you really businesses that have kind of that two to 22 to 50 number of employees, because um, when you're a solopreneur, wonderful, you're getting started. But the reality is, is that your iPhone, or your Android <laughs> is really your all-in-one tool, right? Yeah. And and the you know you may buy a platform. It's kind of like me. I might buy a gym membership. I want to be thinner. Um, <laughs> but the but the pizza calls my name, right? There's a lot of t you know uh, there's a lot of uh, motivation to kind of go back to your habits. And so for those solopreneurs who aren't yet ready to make that jump into kind of being a you know a, 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 a stable and successful business, enabling them to go on vacation. Uh, a full platform might have been a bridge too far. So we fine-tuned who we should target, who's the right fit. Uh, that helped us also kind of focus our product roadmap to really serve that that community. And, um, you know, you're seeing our success. I mean, obviously, we're a publicly traded company. We just reported, you know, 26% year over year. We're basically, you know, break even now in, in the U.S. as a SaaS business. Uh, a, a little loss overall as we expand into other international markets. But uh, you know, really, really excited about our success, our engagement with our, our user base is up 30% year to date. So, um, you know, really firing on a lot of great cylinders. And the data that you're collecting is just, would be just huge. And I guess, how do you decide what to build next? Is it based on what your customers are telling you? Or is there another way that you're um, finding these ideas to create that? those new products? Yeah, I would say that I think there's three motivations. Um, and I would encourage, you know, all SaaS companies, all entrepreneurs to kind of think this way. I don't think this is unique to our platform, but obviously you have to listen to your users. Um, and I think from there, we're definitely getting what I would call usability improvements, workflow improvement improvements. You know, they're not going to monumentally move the needle. Um, they may, they may point you to some expansionary opportunities, but they're, they're making your existing feature set more well-balanced, more well-rounded, more usable, um, you know, obviously there's a little uh, prioritization you have to do to not go edge case there, but yeah. you know, you, you're getting great feedback. And so to do that, we have an in-app feedback module. People can ask for features um, as they're using the platform. They can vote up or down. We even turn them into little product managers because if you ask for more than one, we force them to prioritize, which is, you know, never easy. Everything <laughs> cannot be uh, uh, important. And I would tell you the second motivation, it really comes from strategically monitoring the market. Obviously, we're looking at competitors. We're looking at other entrants in the market. Um, we really do feel like we need to innovate and, and continue to solve um, related but additional problems that small businesses have uh, to our platform. So I can't go into too much detail there yeah, as a public company, <laughs> but, uh, but there are definitely kind of strategic initiatives there. And the third one I would say is go to market, right? 
um, that should drive your roadmap. There's go-to-market opportunities either um, for, for various marketplaces you want to be in, various, various strategic partnerships you want to have, uh, various countries you may want to enter. And it, it should impact the product roadmap to, to make those uh, adjustments. I think, you know, you've seen some platforms be very successful with accountant networks or marketing agency networks. And, and to successfully do that, you, you enter into a campaign to make accountants love you or to make agencies love you, right? Um, and that should impact the roadmap. So I really bucketize those things in, in those three buckets as, as you think about prioritization. So if somebody was uh, working in product for a SaaS company uh, with, with all the experience you have, what kind of advice would you give those that are, you know, get, gaining that research and doing all those extra things? Is there any advice that you would give them to help them build out a product that would I be would. suitable? I would, I, would, I would take all the time you spend in PowerPoint or Google presentations, cut it by half, and take that extra amount of time and, and go out with users. Um, uh, find who your target user is, and even if you have to give them a few bucks, follow them around, sit next to them, document, you know, whatever work process you're trying to automate, whatever you're trying to do, whoever your customer is, whether it's law firms, enterprise, mid-market, whatever, uh, be in their shoes, be, be in their shoes and, and really don't hypothetically say this is the problem I'm trying to solve, solve the actual problem. Um, because I think there's a lot of people superficially, what you put on a website, what you want to market, um, but all too often, you know, churn, net dollar retention, lifetime value, th these, these are going to be your key success, success metrics. And you're only going to achieve those with true product market fit, not product market demand, right? Yeah, there's demand for the someone to solve this problem it doesn't mean you're solving the problem or solving the problem they want you know the way they want it to be solved and so um really just get in the hot tub with your customers understand them use you know work with them um and if you have powerpoints are a little uglier so be <laughs> it um the, you know the content will be better the you know the form might might need some work uh, that's okay yeah and you you would then be able to know what kind of conversations they're having in their mind because you would be having the same ones because you're you're testing with them or trialing a new product with them so you've got hands-on experience working in the product just like you would for the customer it is and, and and you know their you know their persona like for us um you know one of the challenges we're working through right now is you know we've had such great engagement growth with with our users um, that actually creates a little bit of a hidden barrier to fu future adoption because uh, when you're starting the platform for the first time, it's like a sandbox. I, oh, what does this do? And let me try this. And I, you know, and, and, and there's not really a fear of kind of playing around and exploring through the platform, um, you know, and, and learning new things. But once you're running your business and your accountant and your money and all these things are in there and a new feature comes out, like, wow, I don't know what happens when I click that button. Right. So, yeah. um, you know, overcoming some of, some of that, you know, uh, healthy, I would say healthy concern with customers and finding ways for them to simulate or try the product in a safe way um, before they, before they actually kind of, you know, pull the trigger uh, is, is, is interesting, but you only know that if you know the customers, if you listen to them, if, you know, your data will just look like and say, why isn't no one adopting this, this feature? Or why is no yeah. one you know, doing this thing? You have to kind of get in there to understand the psychology. I, I had a little bit of experience of that just, uh not being on the product team but being on the partner success side and having to give feedback on a new product that 
AppSumo were bringing out, which isn't live yet, so I probably can't share about it. But they were they were talking about just sharing it with ten percent of the their their customers or ten percent of their partners, and then twenty five percent, and then fifty for slowly adopt adoption. Is that what usually happens in product, or was that just the something that AppSumo were doing and do thrive I think, a bit differently? I th yeah, I mean, I think it's a tool that you should have in your tool your tool basket. Like I always look at it saying, do I think that that's right for every product improvement? Probably not. We make, you know, we're pushing code twice a week now. So, uh, uh, you know, and some of those changes are small, you know, incremental improvements that make it easier for everybody. They're not seismic shifts or, or anything of that nature. And, and you should go and you should you should not worry about varying code levels and various user experiences because you'll lose your mind right um but yeah. you know we have a couple we have a couple products that we're piloting for sure right now and, and they're much bigger um and they are either an additional cost or um really you know kind of a, a, a new entire kind of block of features and yeah if you can if you can gain interest early adoption um hopefully you did that during the product planning phase, are any of my user base interested in said product? Hopefully you have some idea of that. Then reach out to them as being an early adopter. They took the time to tell you they were interested in it. Maybe they gave you some feedback in the early stages of building the product. So why don't you give them a sneak peek of it? Let them be an early adopter. Give them maybe a little bit of a discount if, if, if it's a price point. Um, they're going to be your most vocal supporters, most your, 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 your evangelists. And you'll get, you know, real market feedback on whether you kind of nailed it or maybe you missed the market in a couple areas. And you'd much rather know that But 10% of your clients than, you know, 100% of the clients. I always like to tell the product team and the engineers, fires are okay. We probably put out fires for a living, right? There's always going to be some fires. Fires, okay. Explosions, bad, right? Um, yeah. We can contain fires. Explosions are terrible. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I was caught, I was almost caught in a fire the other day and, I've, I'm glad I got out of it. <laughs> oh, oh this, was okay. yeah, it's yeah, this was a real Oh, one. no, no, no. Yeah, no, I, but, I obviously uh, meant, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. I know what you meant, yeah. <laughs> so um, let me look at my notes because I know there's a few of them. Um, yeah, I did want to talk a little bit about the, because um, my audience are mainly startups or people who are looking for work within startups. I know that I've seen yeah. that um on your linkedin it said that you're hiring uh, can you go into a little bit more detail about what position you're looking for so if anybody listens they can take advantage of um, thrive yeah no so we like i said we're, we're a profitable SaaS company there's, there's so few of us around but we are profitable we're stable we'd much rather uh build organically and, and responsibly for a long-term sustainable business and uh you know we're still growing you know exponentially which we're excited about and so we're looking uh for for some key product uh managers uh, and leaders for some, some new offerings that we're planning early stage uh we have ux and ui designer positions open and we have full stack react uh developers mobile react developers um integration kind of back-end specialists and devops roles and you know, aws uh security administrators things of that nature so really full gamut um, I, i'm hiring i think i have close to 30 roles right now that, that we're definitely trying to fill with, with excellent candidates. And uh, another, another shameless plug, uh, we were recently uh, awarded, you know, one of the most uh, favored places to work. So uh, we have a great culture. Uh, I think it's built around success and empowerment and accountability. We're profitable and stable and, uh, and we're growing and we're publicly traded. So it's great. It's a great opportunity. 
Well, that does sound like a, a great opportunity for somebody in product or in in engineering. Uh, so if anybody is listening out there, then go and apply or just send me an email and I'll put you in touch with Ryan. Um, so I know you've mentioned in other episodes that you've done um, that you are able to compete with or help the small businesses compete with larger brands because of the integrated technology that you have. How, how is that possible? Yeah, so, I mean, if you, if you step back and you think about, you know, a big mid, mid-market or enterprise company and sometimes the resources they put together, I'll, I'll give you a, a, a great point. Um, you know, most national brands, if you're working with them and you have an account with them, when you go to their website, you see a login. And you log in with a username and a password, and there is some sort of account experience that you have. Maybe you can download previous receipts or invoices or schedule appointments or do a whole wide variety of things that you can interact with that business. You name the business, you probably have an account login, right? But most small businesses don't have that capability. And it's not just the capability of logging in. It's what you see when you do log in. Mm-hmm. So Thrive basically packages all that up and makes it easy and to put on any website. And so your customers can interact with you through a private kind of customer only experience. They can communicate with you. They can download invoices, payments, pay you, look at receipts, schedule a book, reschedule, upload documents, download documents, sign documents, right? And it's just all one portal. And, I, and it, it sounds, you know, it may sound trivial here, but um, there are mid-market enterprise companies who are spending millions of dollars a year either custom building that, embedding it, figuring it all out, connecting, you know, maybe salesforce.com and all the just, you know, these bespoke systems to make it work. And I think at its core, this is what customer relationship management originally sought to solve, right? I mean, obviously, uh, yeah. it, it, can't just, it can't just be a database in the cloud, right? It's about all the, you know, the interactions that a, that a business has with its customers. And so the only way to do that effectively is to package it up, give them a single login, and then I'll, I'll give you the other part. And that is most of these bigger companies have IT departments. They have marketing departments. So um, when they buy a solution, there's kind of a, a purpose-built team ready to go. And most small businesses don't. Most small businesses are entrepreneurs. They have workers. And so we back everything that we sell with service and support. We built that into our financial model. We built that in, you know, at its core of our, of our support model. So we are equally, if not more, interested in helping our small businesses learn, engage, and, and, and utilize the product as we are we're selling it to them. And um, that, that really includes, you know, as I think, rewarded dividends. It's because it's, it's not just a lot of SaaS companies will say it's, you know, it's training or onboarding. Onboarding is the, you know, we're going to onboard you. Um, <laughs> a, lot, a lot of what we do is actually business coaching. Because a lot of small businesses who haven't yet adopted the cloud or aren't using these digital tools, they're going to have to make little tweaks to their businesses or how they operated to work in a, in a digital way or to work in a more scalable way. And they're very appreciative of that. Um, but it, just training them on a tool doesn't quite get you where, you, where you're going to want to be. They're going to have to make some adjustments. And then I guess that saves them from, if they are, and I know it's probably not your target audience, if they are solo one entrepreneurs instead of them getting those separate tools and having to work out or piece together what data to use but with your platform it's all included plus then you've got a marketing team that will support them with that and IT support that would help them and 
customer support that would yeah. help them as well? Yeah. So we, you know, so obviously we have a training, you know, uh, we have a training and onboarding team who, you know, helps them set up their CRM, helps them set up their payments, their invoices, their templates, how they, how, how they want to go, um, how they want to set it up. We help them. We'll build a professional website for them and integrate it with the software already included. If they need a logo, we can design them their first logo and, and get them off to the races. Right. Um, and then we can coach them on, on, on how to do that. We can help them link up their Google, my business. We can help them link up um, their social media accounts to it. So we, we, we do all of that as a helping hand. And then, you know, the idea is we're kind of teaching, you know, teaching them to fish. And then when they, you know, when we, either when we release a new feature or maybe they have a question in two weeks, or maybe they hire another employee, they, you know, they call up and then they can help me again. And, and listen, have we had some success with solopreneurs? Sure. But it's the solopreneur who knows it will be easier to install it at the beginning. And I plan to grow this business to two, three, and four. So they have a growth mindset. They, they understand that I, I'm not going to be able to operate my business on my phone forever, right? That at yeah. some point, as soon as I hire one other person, that kind of breaks, right? So if I want a, a system to run my business on, kind of an operating platform, I can buy it later. I can buy it now. I'm going to have to buy it eventually. And so we have had some success, but by and large, there's a lot of temptation for solopreneurs to kind of go right back to their phone and we don't want to be shelfware. So um, yeah. we've had more success with slightly bigger businesses. Uh, and do you find that all your clients are scaling much quicker because they're not relying on thousands of technology softwares to talk to each other? Now they just have one. Yeah. I mean, I think they're spending more time doing what they love. I think they're spending more time, you know, the landscaper spending more time landscaping and the plumber spending more time plumbing. And I don't think he's worrying about who owes him money and who's paid the invoice and who has it. Um, I think he has his business at his fingertips. If he needs to call a customer, you know, we have a mobile app, he can press the button. And so I think, I think it, it's simplifying that. And I do think, you know, obviously it's been a trying couple of years for, for, for not just, you know, everyone, but small businesses in particular. And, um, and, and then we went into labor, you know, shortages and, you know, trying to find people. And so these types of efficiencies, um, some of these people don't have an office worker. And so they need mm -hmm. the organization that our solution brings because, you know, if I could only find one and hire one person, do I want a revenue generating person or do I want a back office person, right? And so if we can help them uh, with a little bit of that back office, then they can put more emphasis on, on the revenue side. And I think, you know, for that reason, they're able to kind of weather some of these storms a little better. Do you find that podcasters are using your services as well? <laughs> you know, I, I, we've now reached the point where we are seeing some interesting types of businesses that, you know, I think educate us. Uh, we have a wide breadth of functionality. Um, our centralized inbox, we just announced recently our integration with Google Messages. So now we have one inbox where... Um, Google Messages, Facebook Messenger, Instagram, text, email, a free web chat client all goes into one inbox. But we, we do it in a, a creative way, Chris, because we, we make it customer centric. So instead of threads for days, you know, we're not Gmail, instead of threads for days, it's all in a linear conversation. So if your customer or your prospect starts emailing you and then goes onto your website and then goes to Facebook Messenger, we actually can stitch them all together and give you one timeline view of the entire conversation with that person. And that that's opened up to markets because some people are, are finding a lot of value with that. Whereas, you know, so I think we're, we're starting to see different use cases and different, different uh, markets open. And that's, that's pretty exciting for us as well. Yeah. 
uh, once you see your customers using different parts of the platform and if one feature is being used 50 times more than another then you invest more in that particular product and would that be how you do it i'm an expert no that's it. yeah no that and that's you know we we found interestingly that that's exactly what happened our inbox was the most used feature and it wasn't it was because it was the easiest to adopt, right? They were coming from email. And it's also, Chris, you know, if you buy this platform and all of a sudden your customers are sending you messages, you're not going to ignore them. So it drives you into the platform. You kind of figure out, you're forced to figure out how to respond and do these things. And so, you know, once you do it a couple of times, you don't get scared anymore. You keep doing it. And so, you know, yeah, we wanted to double down on that and add more channels and really make it the inbox and not just another inbox, right? So uh, that, that was really our pursuit. With another that. inbox, yeah. Yeah, I really, I really like what you're doing, and, and I know a lot of startups that would really uh, benefit from using Thrive instead of maybe buying separate different tools on AppSumo. And but everybody has a different use case, like you said. So no, and, and what listen, kind of and, and advice that... would you give? For... Right, oh yeah, sorry. No, 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 you go. It's okay. No, you go. What, what okay. kind of advice? Oh, no, I was just saying AppSumo is a wonderful <laughs> platform, and I think. And I think, um, yeah, what kind of there, you know, there are there are a lot of point solutions, right? There's a lot of places for people to tinker and solve individual problems. And um, you know, our our position is just that at some point we think people kind of grow out, right? They're, they're kind of wow. At one point you realize I have I have twenty of these things, and and how is that scalable, right? So so we we just, we just tried to solve the problem slightly differently. Yeah, uh, I I agree with you on on both both those. Uh, on everything you've spoken about and AppSumo are doing wonderful with what they're doing and you're doing extremely well with what you're doing as well. And I love that you're you're, you know, an advocate as a as a leader, but also an advocate for helping people. And that's what I'm trying to do here, just getting people the content they need from experts like yourself. So thank you again for sharing and spending some time with me today. Oh I, I would oh, like to give you pleasure. some time. Yeah, I would like to give you some time now um, to, to tell people how they can get in touch with you and uh, what the next steps would be and what they can look forward to um, with Thrive in the next couple of months. Sure, thanks, Chris. Um, so obviously Thrive.com, everything everything you want to see about our platform is on Thrive.com and we're always updating it. And there's a great blog on there as well for general you know, business tips and advice. And we have some great social media profiles. Obviously, you can find me on LinkedIn personally if, if, we, if people want to connect or they want to get advice from product or engineering and just tips. I'm, I'm, I'm a resource as well. And Chris, I again, I, I, I believe in your strategy. You help enough people get what, what they want and then you'll get what you want. And uh, I've been very fortunate and uh, I love everything that I do and I love, you know, helping people do that. So uh, I appreciate that. And I think we're fully aligned and, you know, at Thrive, I think, you know, we've been, we've been, we've been improving and, and navigating th this platform earlier this year. Um, we publicly announced that, you know, we'll be launching additional centers. Uh, we have a marketing center, which is a whole nother suite of solutions that's in beta now um, that we've previously announced. And, and so that's going well with customers today. And uh, we talked a little bit about on our recent earnings call and that, uh, really is fully integrated into the CRM and represents, you know, Thrive, the platform solving an additional problem that small businesses have. And that is, you know, how do you effectively uh, grow and market your business um, when you when you realize that you're up against people with really sophisticated tagging and tracking and they know what works and they know what doesn't work. And, you know, the small business is left to either 
kind of just throw some money on Google and kind of hope it prays, uh, you know, or, hope, hope it or, works. Uh, or, or flop. Or flop, right? And and so we think, you know, Marketing Center is a great solution, fully integrated with, with the CRM and creates an easy way to buy, you know, more than one channel, Facebook, Instagram, Bing, Connected TV, Yelp, a whole bunch of partners that we have in there to, to, to advertise. You can pick one, you can pick more. You can start, stop, increase, decrease, but all the tagging, all the land analytics, all the conversion metrics, everything is already done automatically for small business owners. So they don't have to worry about that. They just know whether it works or not so they can allocate resources as they see fit. Um, so, you know, we're pretty excited about that. We've spent a while uh, in developing it, building it. We're excited to bring it to market. And uh, yeah, that's probably the newest thing that, that, that's coming in, in the next uh, month or so here. Well, thanks for sharing that. I'll be excited to see what happens and what results you get from it uh, when it does go live. If, if you could uh, maybe just, if you, if you have one lesson that you'd like to share or one piece of action advice for an early stage startup that is at the point where they might need your help or, or anything, does the, if there's a lesson or a piece of advice, I, I'd love for you to share that just before we leave. Yeah, so I think early on, you know, in starting up, it would be a lot easier, and I would recommend to go narrow and deep, kind of than than wide and shallow. Um, you know, find a niche, find a customer, find a user group. Don't worry about your TAM. Don't worry about you know, kind of conquering the world right away. Go solve a problem and solve that problem. And go nice and deep into it. Um, you'll differentiate yourself. You'll gain widespread adoption. You'll have low churn. You'll have all the metrics you need to get to the next level that people are looking for. Um, and when you get the next level, okay, you can go a little wider if you want and you can branch out. And, and then you have an engaged set of users in your platform or product of which to make the next informed decision. Um, you're not searching and you're also not doing it because you have to at that point. Like, oh, my to survive, I need to go do X. Not a lot of the best work is done in that kind of environment, right? So I would strongly encourage everyone to really Razor sharp, focus, go real deep, but keep it, keep it focused. And uh, I think you'll have a lot of learnings, a lot of happiness, and a lot of success. And thank you again, Brian, for sharing how Thrive has successfully transitioned from a traditional business to a SaaS platform that is serving small business owners around the world. If you have enjoyed listening to this episode and would love to know more about Thrive, go to thryv.com for more info. And I'm sure Brian would be pleased to hear your thoughts on how Thrive could be better and what needs prioritizing. So it'd be great if you could help him, connect with him on LinkedIn, LinkedIn, and if you need any more information from him about Thrive, then go directly to him or go directly to thrive.com. Enjoy and I'll see you next week. And thank you again for listening to Talking With Experts podcast.